You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. This is the Thunder Quack Podcast. The official podcast of Thunder Quack Podcast Network where anything can happen. So strap yourselves in and hold on to your butts. It's Thunderquack time! Hello and welcome back to the Thunderquack podcast. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen. And I'm your other host, Amanda Conkin. And uh, here we're back. Uh, We're going to be ranking The Empire Strikes Back. Tonight, which I, I mean, do we even need to, like, spoilers, it's pretty good. Uh, how, what we, what did you think rewatching it? I mean, I, mean, I, I said, said going, going into it, it yeah. that Empire's, Empire's one, one I've watched the least, yeah. and, and it, has it has a lot, a lot of really good things, things in, it. in it, but but I, I, I don't, I don't have, have the same reverence for the Empire Strikes Back as everybody else does in the fandom. Like, I, I, because, because I don't, I don't like... like Unhappy things. And it's the unhappiest <laughs> one of all sure. of them. The other two have such happy and cheerful. But it's endings. also but it's also very romantic. It is. I forgot about that. It's got so many great like all like scruffy looking nerve herder and yep. like there's just so such it's like a thing where I was like, Oh man I actually did halfway through be like, man, I want to go like watch Han and Leia shipper videos because I think that those would be fun too. Oh they are. They're a good time. I haven't I haven't actually spent time on the internet in that realm. Man, why didn't I discover the internet as a child? Like, I don't think it existed. It didn't exist it in the didn't same exist. way when I was a child. No. It's just, no. like, devastating. At least not in an accessible way. Yeah. It existed, but it was hard to find. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, you said for my MSN messenger. Yeah. <laughs> I This past week, actually, I, I tickets for Star Wars Celebration went on sale. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Um, Did you get them? Yep, I got mine. Nice. Um, yeah. And normally in the past, we've just used media passes. I've never, I've never paid to go to Star Wars Celebration, Mm -hmm. but they changed the way that you get into panels. Mm -hmm. So you use an app that's registered to your badge and you put in for the panels you want to go to for the bigger ones. Uh, and there are lotteries so that you don't have to line up overnight because what would happen at star wars celebration is for the big ones particularly for the for the movie ones so like the last jedi force awakens etc uh you would line up like the night before you'd be in line overnight and i i've done it i did it to get into the george lucas panel for um star wars celebration five because that was the first time that he ever did a panel i and i it was totally worth it um the the row of us there was about six guys that i was with and uh and and at least half of us cried uh when he came out because it was like that emotional yeah yeah. um and also because we were all very sleep deprived Yeah, yeah yeah um yeah, so and that wouldn't even be to actually get into the panel. That would be to get the wristband to get into the panel. Right. And then yeah. the panel is later that day. Yeah. So they give out the the wristbands at like eight AM. Right. And then you get your wristband and you go away. Go back to your hotel and sleep for an hour or two yeah. so that you could do the rest of the day. I'm so glad that that's not necessary anymore, that technology allows yep. us with our smartphones and everything to 
to uh, just just virtually line up. Yeah. Um, but at the last celebration, the one that they just did in Chicago back in April, media passes either did not work or were not prioritized. Oh. So, and this is the thing. Media badges are not what I think people think they are. Media badges are free admission. And if you're a podcast or you're a blogger or you're a fan something or other, then you're on a very specific list. And that mm-hmm. list is whatever's left in the kitchen you can just put it out on a plate for the fan sites and that's totally legit because we get to go to the thing for free we Mm -hmm. get to sit in press junkets that other people don't get to be in get to ask direct questions to people not big stars but like to the clone wars actors or the rebels or resistance actors dave filoni supervising director um so there's access you get you Mm -hmm. get stuff and there's a there's a private room for media to go back to to write stories and you know send stuff back so there are perks for Mm -hmm. sure in being media and i've always been really grateful to be media uh for star wars celebration other things that i go to less so because you don't get treated as well but lucasfilm's always really really good to media but your badges don't get you special access to the panels Mm -hmm. because the panels are there for the people who paid to go to the con right and star wars celebration has jedi master level which is like you get early access you get to go into panels before everybody else there's special reserve seating near the front wow, really? all that sort of stuff nine hundred dollars a ticket Jeez. american wow so to us over a thousand dollars i didn't do that but shocking um so that's the first tier of like these are the most important people they're vips they specifically paid a lot of money mm-hmm. in order to get that luxury totally legit i'm fine with that it's not there aren't very many jedi master badges and uh in a theater of however many thousand that they Mm -hmm. seat um there's like a few hundred seats that have been reserved so it's not like it's not like they're taking from other people that much um it's it is a little bit of a capitalist sort of thing but it is what it is it's that the whole con is there for them to make money that's Don't pretend like it's anything else. Um, that's why they make Star Wars movies is to make money. But then the regular badges get higher priority and then media badges. It seemed like I didn't see a lot of people with just media badges getting into the big panels. Right. They're, they they were not, they, I, I guarantee you they were not allotted as many in the lottery as right. everybody else. Gotcha. Um, so with that in mind... I bought badges for Crystal and I so that we can get into the the panels that we want to go to. Um, Most importantly, because it's the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back next year. And and I expect that they'll have a 40th anniversary panel. And and that'll probably be the best place to see some of the the big names Mm -hmm. uh, in person. So... Um, uh, Mark Hamill will almost definitely be there. I'm, I'm fairly certain. Um, we'll probably get, uh, well, no, Anthony Daniels is a shoe in. He will be there. Warwick Davis, who played Wicked the Ewok will probably be hosting it like 95% sure on that one. Um, unless they get a celebrity, like an outside celebrity to host it. Um, Billy D Williams, probably. Uh, but there is, 
the slightest, slimmest outside chance that George Lucas could show up because it's 40th anniversary and it's in Anaheim. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, And then the other very, very slim outside chance is that Harrison Ford could show up. Highly unlikely, very, very unlikely that he would show he really up for just that. He doesn't care to go to anything unless he's paid the right amount of money. He's softened a lot in the last couple of years, though. Okay. And there was a moment at the Galaxy's Edge opening where um, he, uh, they brought up Peter Mayhew, who passed away. And actually, it's, was it that? Maybe it was an interview for something else. Oh, he yeah, he was doing an interview for Secret Life of Pets. Mm-hmm. And uh, and Jimmy Kimmel brought it up. Not Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Fallon brought it up. And Harrison Ford, one of the toughest men to ever grace this earth, yeah, like started to break down Aww. and and like and like shut it down and like moved on to the next thing, sort of thing. Of like like that was like somebody who was very important to him that passed right. away. Yeah. I was like it's Chewbacca. He's Han Solo. Like. Yeah. I don't think that when he delivers the line Chewie were home in The Force Awakens, that's not all Han Solo. Yeah. Part of that's Harrison Ford and yeah. part of that is with Peter Mayhew and it's so uh, at Galaxy's Edge when he they basically to to open the the park, the Millennium Falcon's like kind of the centerpiece of the whole land, right? And I uh, and they go to do the big here, here we go. We're going to turn it on. And it goes, murr, 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 just nice. like it does in the movies. Oh, and uh, and Bob Iger turns to, to Harrison Ford and he's like, you know, could you do the honors? Like, can you get it to st-? And he walks over and unscripted because they, they stepped. He, he stepped on his own cue. But the guy in the booth doing the lights, doing the pyro should have been paying more attention. Whatever. Um, it, the production side of me was like, oh, you ruined what could have been one of the most amazing moments in Star Wars history. But he, before he goes to basically hit the underside of the Falcon, like to Fawn's hit the jukebox yeah. so that it works, yeah, yeah. he turns to the camera and he goes, this one's for you, Peter. And it was like, he's, there's, there's something there in that relationship that I don't think the public has been privy to. Yeah. That's been a very private friendship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And now that he's gone, there's like, so there is, I think that there's a chance that that, and the fact that he softened a little bit over the last few years in regards to his feelings towards the fans and coming up to stuff like that. Um, there's a, there's a chance, the best chance of seeing him, at a Star Wars celebration other than The Force Awakens. Right. Um, so, I don't know. I don't know. We didn't see him at The Force Awakens celebration because he crashed an airplane on a golf course. Oh, dear. Uh, do you remember when he did that? He crashed his airplane? Oh, yeah. It, like, to get out of going to The Force Awakens. <laughs> no, but possibly <laughs> to get out of Star Wars celebration. No, he did. It was like months before. Oh, and then oh, he was still recovering or whatever. And then he came out at Comic-Con, which was a big deal. Um, so quite excited for Comic-Con. Yeah, you're going to Comic-Con. Yeah. But yeah, Star Wars Celebration, so I got my tickets, so I'm excited about that. But it's over a year away. It's, over, wait, it's wait. like 14 months away. Comic-Con's like, like, like a month away. away. Less, yeah. Less than. So I'm so excited. That's crazy. I got, I got an embargoed email. email. It was very great. Oh, wow. What's about? Just kidding. I... Cool. Let's uh, let's jump into our email slash correspondence uh, with everybody. Uh, this one comes from Facebook. Uh, Dylan Exner writes, uh, Amanda Stenberg, and then brackets Rue, 
was not in The Sun is Also a Star. That was Yara Shahidi. So, so, so I, love I love it. it. I feel like my like I never, never close stuff. stuff. So, so Nicolay did, did two YA, YA novels. novels. Every, every, everything, everything. Yeah. And The Sun is Always also a Star. And they were both, like, I think they were, like, released within, like, a year of one another. And then Amanda was in Everything, Everything. Yeah. So I'm really, I haven't seen either of the movies, but in terms of, like, the things that she was in that nobody saw. It was, it, was, it was actually, actually everything, everything that I was referencing. I apologize. But yeah. she was still in the other one, The Darkest Mind and The Hate You Give. So, yeah. but it's, but it's, so I, that's yeah, an yeah. official retraction. So I apologize. But I'm sure the sun is also a star. I'm sure that actress is lovely and I haven't. But it also is not necessarily doing well. So, you know. It's not doing well for the reasons that we talked about last week. It's a Netflix movie that got released in theaters for some reason. But um, I am impressed. It's going to do great on streaming services. Yeah, oh, I yeah. guarantee it. And I'm impressed that they still published it after everything, everything didn't do well. They still picked Just, up yeah. The Sun is Also a Star, which is really cool because like um, the Nicola, yeah, Nicola, like the, the, the writer, like I really like both of those books are wonderful. And it's quite possible more than likely that The Sun is Also a Star went into production before everything, everything actually was in theaters so like yeah. it, it like it could have already been on a train um that wasn't stopping but uh i yeah i don't know i just it's uh i'm i'm glad that to see both of her things got adapted i just wish they had both done a little bit better i don't know if any i don't know if you even knew about everything everything i think it's on netflix now or it's on crave or somewhere that i could watch it for free if i wanted to <laughs> and it's a thing where like i'm the type of person that like that movie is made for people like me and i still yeah. haven't watched it so I'm sure you'll watch it eventually. I will. Of course I will eventually. But thank you for calling me out on things. Thanks, Dylan. My brain did a... Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. But uh, here's another email. Hey, Amanda and Mike. Congrats on the new mics. The pod sounds great, Whee! which it does. I don't. Have you listened to it? Did you listen to the audio difference? No. You've never listened to a single uh, no. podcast. No. I tested my Hey Google by asking them to play the podcast. Okay. I listen um, to it every once in a while. Shut up, Google. I don't want to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Carry on. <laughs> I. My question for you to hopefully answer on the next episode is twofold. Do you think the MCU can pull off another multi-year, nine to ten years build up toward another big bad like they did with Thanos with the Infinity Saga? So that's one. Uh, assuming they can, which Marvel comic story and what villain would you like to see them adapt and build toward? And is what you want the same as what you think Kevin Feige and Marvel slash Disney will actually do? Hmm. Uh, thanks and stay sharp. That's Brad Bell from Charlotte, North Carolina. So uh, first and foremost, do you think that they can pull off another ten years? I, as a, yes, because, but I don't know if people will care. Like, I don't know if it'll be that big, Yeah. but it's just like, what else are they going to do? They have all this money. They have more money than like Disney is the largest conglomerate. I don't know if it is, but it's just like so huge. And it's like, why not? What else are they going to do? Like, what else are they going to do? Yeah. Like, just make more. Sure. People will go see it. As long as the audiences, the the audiences might get smaller for it. But more and more what I'm thinking about in terms of like movies is like spectacle is the reason that you go to the film to like the movies right now. Like in terms of big theaters, those intimate things are not necessarily why we go. So the, the things that are drawing audiences are the bigger spectacles. And Marvel does it really well. And they've got so much content to pull from. So why not? Yeah. I don't know if as many people will care about it, 
but sure. I think so they can from a off. story perspective, though, do you think that they can continue at the caliber that they've been for the last, I would say for the last five years, because I wouldn't consider that full 10 years, 11 no, it wasn't. years to Here's be the thing. pumping on all cylinders. If Kevin Feige continues to run it yeah. and they don't, if they understand that they don't have to make, a, like everything has to be a hit. Yeah. Because that's the problem that they'll fall into is like the idea of storytelling for telling that's the good DC stories. Fault. Fault. It's the DC fault, right? Is the idea of once you hit something, you're like, uh oh, well, I have to change this formula and hit this audience instead of just making like yeah. hiring creators that are genuinely connected to the material that you're trying to create, yeah. and then you just let them tell a good story. And if if they can continue to do that, because that's what's been so successful over the last little bit, in my opinion, is like having these creators that are genuinely interested in this obscure property yeah. about a big blow up robot and this kid living in san francisco or whatever <laughs> right like like people that are like taking these odd properties and just making them something because they're interested in them and yeah. i think if they continue to do that and if they have people that care about storytelling then the the franchise will come from that because yeah. it starts with whatever content is king right it starts with the core story and yeah. then you can build it all together and make people care about it you can't force them to care about something yeah. you can't say in 10 years we're going to do this again watch us with jazz hands like you can't do that but yeah. if you genuinely go through a story path and i think that they have alternate they have more stories to tell so sure yeah and i think that that's the key uh kevin feige is the the soul of this mm -hmm. stuff without him marvel studios isn't a thing mm -hmm. um yeah i think without him and without john favreau and robert downey jr i think those three elements come together and everything else is important but not as important as that original piece of alchemy. Mm -hmm. um, that that original composition is what leads to Iron Man 2, which leads to the Avengers via Thor and Captain America. Um, and, uh, and like it's right there from the outset. Iron Man is incredible. It still stands as one of the best MCU entries. Uh, and then the Incredible Hulk is right after, which still stands as one of the worst. Right. Yeah. So you can see right there the two paths that that yeah. that that could have taken. Um, is that still possible? Absolutely. Is it mm -hmm. likely? I don't think so, mm -hmm. because I think what you've got now is the biggest franchise in the history of film. Um, that's certainly the most successful franchise in the history of film, bigger even than Harry Potter or Star Wars or anything else. Um, and you've got great creative people champing at the bit to participate right the rumors right now about worry. keanu reeves and yeah, that, oh yeah, and that yeah, marvel yeah. has been kevin feige has been talking to keanu reeves for years but that they're trying to find the, the right, right thing, thing for him yeah that's and so cool. i would almost guarantee that the first thing they came to him for was dr strange oh and yeah. he wasn't interested right but that knowing the personality of Keanu Reeves and, and having listened to interviews and the fact that, I mean, like they've got Bill and Ted three coming out because he loves that character. Yeah. So the movie's happening because he wants it to happen. Right. Um, and he wants to go basically play with his friend and make another Bill and Ted movie. That's why that movie is happening. Um, Kevin Feige isn't going to pressure him into playing a character or being part of one of these stories until Keanu Reeves finds something and goes, yes, absolutely. I want to do that. Mm 
Right. Yeah. And yeah, that's yeah. the sort of attitude that you have to have. You want to have great creatives. You want to have great artists, but you want them to be doing like, what they want to yeah. do. Right? Is is it just me or is Keanu Reeves like taking over the world right now? It's the this like, is the year of Keanu Reeves. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's like it's been building for a while because nobody's ever not liked Keanu Reeves. Yeah. It's just that now more people just it's uh, i i would say that this is a little bit of a comeback for him because the matrix sequels particularly revolutions the Mm, third one wasn't they weren't well received and i think that keanu was a little bit of a hot and cold commodity as a result um and if you liked keanu then you were into it if you didn't he became a little bit polarizing i think and not as much of a box office draw i think in the last few years with john wick yeah. And some of the other cool stuff that he's done, I think with Bill and Ted coming out, um, going into production this summer, I I think that that. But also, always be, always be my maybe. He did such a good job. Yeah. Oh, he's so fantastic in that so movie. So fun. Um, yeah, and and he's in Toy Story Four, which just came out. Um, Wait, is he really? Yeah. I didn't know. Oh, so you didn't? You haven't seen it yet? No. Neither have I. So we won't actually talk about it on this episode. That'll yeah. be the most we talk about. But. Yeah. Um, cause we'll wait until Phoenix, one though. of us has seen it. Oof, yikes. I, it's so fun watching train wrecks, <laughs> especially going with my friend that I go specifically, like he knew that I would be the only person that would go see yeah. this with him because we just love to watch the campy things and just talk through the whole thing. Cause nobody yeah. gives a crap. There's like five people in the theater. Oh, it's, you can just see what's going wrong. And you're like, yeah. really, really? Yeah. Poor Simon King, Kinberg. It's, I know he, he, I mean, he took, he took the blame. Yeah. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, like that's the key to Marvel is uh, I think that I think I think they started off on a good foot with Iron Man and then it was a little bit rocky with some of the other ones. And they kind of learned their lesson around Ant-Man with mm-hmm. with um, uh, shoot his I had his name and then I just lost Paul it. Rudd? No, the director that did oh. um, Hot Fuzz and uh, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, um, Oh my God. It's right on the tip of my tongue, but whatever. It'll come to me. Um, I can Google it. My phone is right here. Yeah. they were they were kind of courting these auteur directors. Oh, right. And then yeah. real I've talked Edgar about this Wright. before. Edgar Wright, yeah. And then they realized like, oh wait, auteur directors want to do their own thing. They don't wanna they don't wanna for lack of a better term, tow the company line. Mm-hmm. And that's when they switched over to start using TV directors and they started using the Russos and they started using um, all these other creatives that were more used to coming into an established franchise, maintaining the status quo, but then putting their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that with the Russos, like that is the, that is the extra piece of alchemy that, that halfway through that at that five year mark um, starts to really coalesce marvel studios into something really special because iron man was something special and then everything else was pretty good joss whedon came in and did avengers and it was pretty good it was pretty good but it was still a little bit it was still a little bit it didn't capture everybody yeah yeah. and then the russos come in and do winter soldier and all of a sudden everybody perks up and goes wait a second these movies can be that too Mm, yeah. And when they did that and then James Gunn comes in and does Guardians of the Galaxy and people go, wait, it can be that too? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden the MCU became something 
like I said, really special because Star Wars is Star Wars is Star Wars. And you saw with Rogue One and Solo, they tried to move away from the formula mm. and it didn't work. Yeah. Because with Rogue One, I think they lost part of the audience with that one, even though it's, it's, it is pretty well regarded. But fans like me are like, this is too dark. It's too, it's, too, it's not, yeah, it it's doesn't have the right way. vibe. And then Solo, they try and go kind of the more like fun adventure route. And everybody's like, well, this is inconsequential. It's not a great Star I think I'm like, well, actually, it's the best Star Wars movie, but that's fine. I, but it like they, they kind of, they fiddled with the sliders a little bit. And The Last Jedi as well. They fiddled with the sliders and it pissed people off. But with Marvel movies, that's why everybody goes now. Yeah, because it's like they find just the right. Because because it's like there's blood. there are yeah. things that are important, but then you fiddle with the sliders and you go, okay, Ant Man, crank up the comedy, right, yeah. but also crank up the action, right. right? So the thing about the Ant Man movies is that it's because there's no like sort of martial artist character in there. Right. We take it for granted, but those are actually incredibly sophisticated martial arts movies because all of that Ant Man choreography is. Like, that's what it is. It's martial arts choreography cranked up to 11, right? right? And then you go to Guardians of the Galaxy and you go crank up the humor, just like Ant-Man, right? Same sort of thing. But then crank up the sci-fi, right? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. like, in a different way. Let's like the space yeah, fantasy. Yeah, and the entourage, like the, the ensemble cast. The ensemble like, cast, yeah. right? And then you go to Captain America and you go, whoa, let's bring the comedy down a little bit. Let's get rid of the sci-fi almost altogether. Yeah. And let's crank up the intrigue, yeah. right? And then you get a Captain America movie, mm-hmm. right? But the but then there are still all of these things that are similar across them, right? Um, and that's sort of, Marvel has the ability to do that, and I don't think a lot of franchises have that sort of yeah. flexibility. But that's Kevin Feige. Yeah. So going into the next ten years, yeah, I mean we've got the X Men back, we've got the Fantastic Four back, we've got. All, this whole wealth they're gonna of characters. do the fantastic four first aren't they uh i think probably Ugh, but i think that look, i spider-man oh. is about a week and a half away at this oh, point yeah. it's actually yeah. it's it's uh actually is it what is it's it it's like next it's like next week or something is it next tuesday might be oh spider-man's next tuesday oh my <laughs> god it's a week away we're a week away from spider-man far from home i got tinglys my, <laughs> i saw that you're wearing my, a spider-man my, shirt too. i am wearing a spider-man shirt my spider sense absolutely went off at that i post-credit scene either the post-credit scene that they're adding on to avengers for this weekend or the post-credit scene on spider-man will 100 percent. i will be so surprised if it doesn't hint at mutants Oh, interesting. Because they just got them back. Yeah, because they just got gotcha. them back. So, I, and if they're smart, if they're really smart, what they'll do is they'll drop Avengers this week and everybody will go, maybe they're going to show mutants because that's what everybody wants. And they won't. They'll hint at Fantastic Four, right? Um, which is, I mean, it's so perfect. It's so perfect. All of those gamma waves that went off every time somebody snapped their fingers on Earth, oh, there were... Yeah. There was oh, the Infinity War humans. one. There oh, was yeah. Thanos destroying the stones, which matter can't be created or destroyed, just transformed. Where did all that energy from the Infinity the stones, stones go, go when he destroyed Ooh. them? The Hulk snap and then the Iron Man snap. That's four snaps, three of them on Earth in the last five years. If they come back in and they go, over the five years since, the, the, since Thanos' first snap, on earth 
some mutants started showing up. Professor X, I, Magneto, some of the older ones, right? Mm-hmm. So that they have a little bit of seniority. And then the second snap on Earth, the Hulk one, and actually like the two snaps happening one right after the other, all that gamma happening, it started triggering X genes, which already existed. Like this is the way you get around it is that it's not a retcon. Right. It's just it's an activation. It's a trigger. Right. right? So that's why the story is happening now is that I. it just it just nothing had triggered it don't do that i'll be mad i i this is the most logical path yeah anything else is gonna feel shoehorned i think that smarter people than myself have figured this out already and are already working on it i think the reason why i'm figuring it out is because they dropped hints in previous movies Mm -hmm. in avengers age of ultron right that's what were the two mutant characters that we have in that they were called enhanced but mutants uh quicksilver and scarlet witch that's where they got their powers from an infinity stone oh yeah right right. and then we got reminded of that with captain marvel it's where she got her stones oh because the tesseract because the tesseract and then it was so important in endgame at the beginning of the movie that we understand every time the the gauntlet is used, it sends out a pulse. Right. It's a there's a dispersal of energy. There's consequences to that. Right. right. So they use it in that movie as a plot device to find Thanos, but also it could be a yeah. It's like a yeah. Other times that we've seen that gamma energy go out it created the Hulk. Right. Yeah. Right. It it yeah created all these things. It yeah. made all those other char- characters. Gamma waves. If the Fantastic Four were up in space, oh yeah, that's where they got their powers. Oh, Cause, yeah. cosmic radiation, but caused by the Infinity Stones, right? Uh, and then, like I said, all of the all the mutants. So, and you've got that five year gap, so you can say yeah. that's where and Victor this Von happened. Doom was like in something when it snapped, and yeah. then when he came back, it was like worse or something. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like if they play all that stuff out. I think mm-hmm. I think we're good to go. But okay, I think I, your, that's the next ten years. You know who's more my than big me, bad? Yeah, who's your big bad? Because I don't know enough to. Know I think we build to a halfway point in the next five years. That is uh, the X Men. Um, I really want to see Avengers versus X Men because that's my favorite Marvel mm. Comics storyline in the history of Marvel Comics. Um, I think we stay the hell away from the Dark Phoenix, and none of that stuff happens for a very long time, but um, but will happen eventually. Um, I mean, you want some of the Avengers' biggest bads. You want consequences from Endgame to carry through, mm-hmm. and to be the effect that that or the cause that 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 creates the effect of whoever the next big bad is. You do Kang the Conqueror because Kang, Kang's from the future, and he basically returns to the past to destroy the Avengers before they can defeat him, mm. right? Before they become powerful enough to stop him. But of course, they're already powerful enough to stop him. Um, that is one of the most logical. They don't have the time stone anymore. They can't. They don't have the tools to necessarily defeat him. Um, Iron Man's not around, so they're going to need to rely on some of these other geniuses. Things will play out differently because you know you have to involve the Fantastic Four. Blah blah blah. The other thing that they could do if they're really crazy and really bold. Um, and this would be really great to lead into Avengers versus X-Men as the next 10 years after that 
is to do onslaught. So onslaught is um, a mutant problem, but a mutant problem that the whole Marvel universe has to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it's basically um, there's nothing basic about the onslaught story, but they we have to make it basic. But essentially. Uh, Professor X and Magneto, as well as Onslaught itself, um, merge together. Like their mm. their consciousnesses merge together, and Professor X's consciousness, along with Magneto's sort of desire for mm-hmm. world domination, blah blah blah, uh, creates a supervillain. Creates oh, because Professor X is super powerful. Right. Magneto is also. They're both the the highest class of of mutants, right? So, um, like the most dangerous. I mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and you can see that the other the other thing that could end up happening is they could do a House of M sort of thing with Scarlet Witch, where mutants come, things happen, and then she uses her powers to basically erase them from reality, mm-hmm. which would cause other problems, which would create more stories. But I don't know, like there there are so many great stories to pull from, oh, but yeah. I think if you want to keep it to classic stuff, I think Kang makes the most sense. Because he is the most Thanos-like, if you want to repeat that. But you could also go go in a completely different direction yep. and start and do, like that. It really is like a like a maybe mutants versus X Men is then like or um Avengers like Avengers versus, versus X Men or you, or you go something like that where it really is just about the stories. And the to humanity. me, to me, Avengers versus X Men is Civil War. That's mm-hmm. how you repeat Civil War. Right. Right. So if you look at it, Civil War is kind of the half point waypoint, right? right yeah. And if you wanted to do that again, you'd build up towards that at about the six or seven year mark. And then the consequences of Avengers versus X-Men are what lead into whatever the the other uh, big conflict is. Um, So, yeah, that's what I would like to see. But I I don't know. It's because we don't know what the next slate of movies is, with the exception of obviously Spider-Man next week and then Black Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2 and Guardians 3. Um, and Captain Marvel too has kind of been hinted at and mm-hmm. Black Widow hasn't been announced, but apparently they're filming. So, mm-hmm. um, other than those, we don't really know. I say other than those, I just named six movies, but, but still, <laughs> I, yeah, we don't have like the four, five like, year slate like we did yeah, we leading up to, yeah. uh, uh, infinity war, yeah. which eventually got split into two movies. And yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't think they, they but yeah, yeah, so it, yeah, there's all, there's a lot of unknowns and I think as, uh, post Spider Man going into Phase Four, because uh, Phase Spider Man's the end of Phase Three. Okay. So going into Phase Four, will will once we know what that slate is, I think I'll have better speculation. But yeah. my mic isn't it. muted, right? It's, it's no, such it's a small question. I have this red button. If it's blinking, press. then it's muted. Oh, yeah. I won't press the button. Don't press don't the button. Um, Fancy new mics. Cool. We went really long on that email. We did. So I'm going to skip some of these, uh, some yeah, of the these news, news is, items. You don't come here for the news. No. If you are, you're um, looking There's a new Lion King clip that thing. has singing yeah. in it. Which is in the but nobody's fantastic. singing in well, it. Don't see it has yeah. songs. I think that that is a misnomer because I got tricked by that. I was expecting some singing and it was just a song. Yeah. Um, but it was good and beautiful. I don't want to get into this whole J.K. Rowling transphobia Harry Potter thing. It's, Ugh, it's, it's a long conversation. But she's also dis- she's a disappointing person though yep. overall. So you know. hey, look, I started disregarding everything she had to say the second she started talking about wizard poop. Mm-hmm. Not important. 
Look, George Lucas has done a lot of things and uh, uh, microscopic bugs in your bloodstream that communicate with the force is pretty obnoxious. Um, I, I personally can handle it and can justify it. And I think on the attack of the clones or no, wait, not when, when did I do that? Revenge of the Sith episode? I think I justified Metaclorian's yeah, existence pretty well. But um, he's never talked about where Jedi's poop. And yeah, there you go. J.K. Rowling has talked about. She has, she has ruined her own franchise with that. And then on top of that, it turns out she's a pretty terrible human being. So, Wizards Unite, though, everybody's doing that. Is that just Pokemon Go except with Wizards? I haven't done it yet. Yeah. So the important part, the only thing that's important is that uh, J.K. Rowling is supporting uh, transphobic Twitter accounts. Yeah. Um, she's been doing that for a few years. She's been doing it for a while, yeah. so it's like it's not like news it's a pattern. News, this but isn't it's like a pattern, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, she's she's following a very very militant <laughs> transphobic person, um, and as a result, I I basically just don't don't do anything that would give her money. I think you can still be a Harry Potter fan. You can still love Harry Potter. I uh, buy used copies of the books. Go to Etsy for merchandise. Don't buy officially licensed merchandise. Mm-hmm. That's a great one because you're also supporting like independent artists, which yeah. is better than giving Hot Topic more money. Um, yeah, I play Wizards Unite because it's cool to be a wizard and hang out with your friends. But don't make any, don't do any of the microtransactions, and uh, don't use Pottermore to do sorting. That's the, that's that's kind of been the the that's a. I, I actually I actually went to Anne uh, Anne Honey uh, to get an official queer statement on this, and she said that I could I could use that with the rubber stamp. That that's the uh, that's her that's her official statement. I, she doesn't speak for the entire queer community, obviously. Not that that needs to be said, but yeah, she uh, she was like, yeah, th- these things, because I went to her because she posted it on Facebook, and then I was like, mm, this is a weird this is a weird territory for Amanda and I to get into because it's a couple of sh- straighty straightersons. I uh, but also watch it, it. watch for turfs in your neighborhood. Yeah, they're everywhere, man. And if you don't know what that is, it's trans exclusionary radical feminists. Yes. So we started the podcast with feminism. We, wait, well, for the uncut the people, uncut it's fine. No, you can but, mention uncut stuff because yeah, then the so. people who aren't paying for the uncut <laughs> know what they're missing. Yeah, that's right. feminism. Yeah, <laughs> it was a great conversation at the beginning of this it was episode. Actually, that was fun. Kind of wore myself out with it. It was. We went to some heavy places. I no, yeah, I yeah. Explain that a little bit more, just a little tiny bit more for people. Um. So there's in terms of feminism, it's like a it's a gamut, right? And there's lots of different beliefs and all this sort of stuff but when you the the idea of like excluding people that identify as women because they're not born with ovaries becomes a radicalized feminist approach and and it's a type of feminism like there are there are there are women that are out there that are like you are not a woman and it's just such a it's so even 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 trans within women are still because they were born with male genitalia they still benefited from this patriarchy, patriarchy and or or the idea yeah that they like twist things around and it's the idea of how yeah. you grew up or like the the society and it's, yeah. it's social structures and it's the idea of yeah. it, it's just it's which is a it's, conversation worth having but not at the 
at the cost, at the expense of people who are regularly victimized and yeah. persecuted well, and that's the for irony. wanting to be yeah. who they are on the inside, on the and outside. The irony of stuff like that is that the idea that like women coming together to protect other women because they th- they want a world that's better and, and free from abuse and, yeah. and, and degradation when trans women are some of the most... Yeah. The most um, like persecuted yeah. groups of population, especially in trans the whole women world. of color. Like yeah, exactly. It's just a. It's, it's, it's so it's staggering just, it's, when you look at thing, the real statistics. Yeah, and it's and it's a thing where I mean it's I don't know like you can argue anything if yeah. you're in a different mindset, but really what it comes down to is the idea of just like human decency and yeah. giving people like a place and a voice. And I think that there's yeah. really this like I don't know. So yeah, I like I the 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 cliff notes of this and i'm sure that we'll talk about it in the future as it continues to be an issue um and it comes up with other franchises and creators and all that sort of thing because it never seems to end is uh it's not necessary to throw the baby out with the bathwater in this one um you can uh with the term i suppose is cancel jk rowling without getting rid of harry potter because harry potter is bigger than her contributions to it now um you can just be conscious of like what you put your money towards and what you what you support and i mean it comes down to like i'm very like there's things you do in your like the idea of you can be now conscious of this because you're allowed to unabashedly love your harry potter thing but for example there's a lot of turf events that are happening in vancouver and people are speaking up and stopping supporting like the it i think there was something that was going to be hosted at ubc and Mm. like this the school spoke up and the kids and the students and teachers were like please don't let these events happen on this ground this is a safe space and we want people to feel welcome here so it's just there's other things that you can do it's not just about the particular fandom or the particular people it's more just about being active in a conversation and yeah um trying to contribute in a positive way cool um yeah, we're not going to talk about Toy Story 4. Stranger Things 3 trailer. Although I did uh, rewatch that. That looks fun. I'm so excited. Spooky. I, I love so Stranger Things. I, 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 I held off for a year yeah. before watching Stranger Things, man. Yeah. I can't believe it. I was like, what is all this hype about? This stupid show. Everybody loves it. I don't remember That's what crazy. triggered Crystal on it, but she, um, I think it might have actually been you watching it a year later because then she was like oh i want to watch it now mm-hmm. and i was like really because it's kind of scary and she's like yeah and so we started watching it and she loved it and then we mm-hmm. watched season two together mm-hmm. um granted i blew through season two and when season three comes out next week yeah i will watch it all that weekend it's so strategic it's coming out the fourth of july hey that's yeah, like pretty smart great i mean it sucks uh, for us because we can't actually we don't get that day off so. yeah um but yeah i i I loved season two. I know that a lot of people didn't, but I liked it. I liked it. It was alright. I mean, yeah. yeah I liked there's certain it. episodes I don't like, but you know, overall, um, and I think then, that they're going to keep making good stuff. It's a good. It's a good cast. I like the ensemble. First. I think. That's I think really the problem like. with season two, and I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens in season three, is that season one was very focused on what kind of '80s content it was uh, sending up, mm-hmm. and then season two branched out mm-hmm. and that's where it bit them in the ass because uh not everybody understood all of the reference yeah. material mm-hmm. so all of the stuff with 11 when she goes to the city and like that whole thing a people ship characters and they don't like it when those characters are separated by story <laughs> so that was a big part of it <laughs> and then b i don't think that people really understood the the yeah 
the inspiration behind those stories because that that story her storyline was inspired by some much more sort of like niche uh 80s sci-fi horror type stuff um not the you know uh, Classic uh 80s yeah like the yeah. steven spielberg george lucas yeah. sort of because season one is very spielberg influenced mm-hmm. um along with with a, a couple other things but like it's very like et close encounters uh goonies which he didn't direct but he produced right like it's like there's a lot of the spielberg dna in mm-hmm. season one season two starts to go into some other stuff it starts to go into some cronenberg and some uh dante and like it goes into it goes into these other areas that people were not yeah. as familiar with in terms of mainstream yeah yeah so i think that's why it, you saw that sort of reaction season three looks like it's going back into summer of sam vibes yeah it's 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 much more um spielberg from the like from the trailers it looks much more spielberg and it looks very john hughes oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, with the with all the like the mall stuff and the and and like uh yeah so i'm excited i'm really excited the other thing i'm really excited for that's coming out in july is the boys uh, oh, which yeah. I've never read the comic, but the the idea is basically in a world full of superheroes, you've got, uh, it's like if, if it's another one of these, if Superman were more realistic, if the Justice League were, were more realistic, and like if these people acted less like iconic heroes and more like jerky human beings, yeah. um, Superman is essentially a conceited jerk uh and i in the trailer he's like i'm the most powerful so he's not superman but he's yeah yeah yeah. i'm the most powerful superhero on the planet i can do whatever i want that's sort of like the idea there and then the boys led by carl urban's character which i don't know the name of yet but Mm. carl urban so i'm in Mm -hmm. already like carl urban don't say anything else i'm done i'll watch it yeah um but carl urban's character leads a group called the boys who uh essentially they're they're self uh, uh ascribed duty is mm-hmm. to keep these superheroes in check yeah. because the heroes just kind of like wantonly destroy things it's the argument against man of steel right it's yeah. it's gonna be batman v superman but good yeah okay so i was talking about that obscure like ya book that i was talking about yeah. last week called what is it arch enemies arch nemesis something like that. but that's like the conceit of it, except in YA, this is obviously much more gruesome because yeah. uh, somebody explodes in the trailer because the flash runs right through them, which yeah. I just think is such an interesting conceit because, yeah, that stuff happens. But that's sort of exactly what the, the thing I was talking about last week was the idea that if you have these superheroes that run the world and there's people that see them for what they are or could be or the bad sides of them and then you actually follow it through the like yeah. villain lens. I think that's like just an interesting twist on storytelling. Yeah. So I'm interested. Um yeah, and like I said, Carl. And it's Urban. Amazon, man. It's Amazon. Amazon doing Amazon's killing stuff. it. Amazon's yeah. doing some really great stuff. Yeah. Um, not to mention if for, in Canada, this is a pro tip to Canadian uh, uh, listeners. If it's not on Netflix anymore, check Amazon Prime. It's mm. probably there. So well, a lot of shows that have disappeared off of Netflix in the last five, ten years, they're all on Amazon Prime. Mm. Um so I, just, I started watching Happy Endings again because that oh. show is so good. Have you ever watched it? I have, yeah. I quite like oh the God, the one dude it. in it that also then went on the Mindy, the Mindy Project. Adam Pally? Yeah, he's great. He is great. Uh, I didn't know that he was on Mindy Pro- Project, yeah. but I just took a shot in the dark that yeah. that's who you would be talking about. <laughs> um, the gay guy, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I love everybody from that except for uh, What's-Her-Face, the 
the Alicia what's her face? No, the oh. ditzy one. The 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 brunette. The ditzy brunette. Oh, I don't remember her name. <sighs> I don't know. I can't I I'm so glad that I've removed her <laughs> name from my uh, Marlon Wayans is in that, but, isn't he? Though? Sorry, Marlon Wayans is in that. No, Damon Wayans Jr. Damon Wayans Jr. Whatever. One of the Wayans cool. brothers. I don't know either one of them. Two for two episodes, Amanda. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyways, I okay. I have an associative brain. <laughs> I don't. I don't I'm pay kidding. too much attention to labels such as names and locations <laughs> and movie titles. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, let's talk about The Empire Strikes Back. Let's get into it. I. I mean, you know, Star Wars. is the Empire Strikes Back. A lot of stuff happens in it. Yeah, uh, it's widely considered the best Star Wars yeah, movie ever. It is. Um, directed by Irving There's Kirshner. There's so much shipping. Okay, so here's my ultimate question. Yeah. Yoda says there is another. Yeah. Did they know at that time that they were going to choose Leia to be the other? Yeah. Then why the hell did she kiss him in the beginning? Did they know that they were going to be brother and sister? It's just so weird and gross. Like, why? <laughs> I don't know why not. Because it's weird. It is weird. It is weird and gross, but I mean, it works for the. It's um, like it work in that moment if you don't know that they're related. It works and it's kind of funny, but also it kind of makes Luke pathetic. Like there's this thing where it's like I find Luke it really pathetic. interesting. I mean, he is. He's such a whiny baby. Yep. Did you laugh? Do you laugh out loud when he does the no thing? Because I definitely laugh out loud like every time I. See oh, him. when like Vader's like I know yeah, I'm your father, yeah, and he yeah. goes no, 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 and he gets chipmunk face. Yeah. No, I don't laugh out loud, but it is cringy. But. But it's like there's so much emotion. It's cringy, but it's cringy because it's so real. I think it's yeah, a yeah, that's fair. I I think that Mark Hamill is a very underrated actor. Um, I think that it takes a little bit to get the really good stuff out of him because he's in a lot of stuff and sometimes he can be a little bit eh. But, but in Star Wars in particular, he is He's quite good. And, and the thing is, he's not because he's so like he's such a different. I don't watch it thinking about Mark Hamill when I watch it. He's Luke, Luke right? Yeah. So it's just like a different sort of story. But it's I find it really fascinating about these movies in general because it's such an odd thing that Luke is created as a character that is explicitly not for me as an audience member. Yeah. Like he's created to be the like it, like the entryway into this franchise because he's the like lone hero or whatever. But I like not a I I don't know I don't identify with him as the main hero right like he's not the who's he's the not main my hero for you. Well, no, he is the main hero, but he's not my entryway into it. Yeah. I much, I much rather like care about like Leia's story or Han's story. But as an audience member, I've talked about this multiple times on podcasts before, where I often identify with the secondary characters, right? Yeah. Like that makes it more interesting for me. Like I, what is it? Like in the in like main franchises, I very rarely like in Bones or whatever. I don't care about those lead characters. I care about the secondary characters. Yeah, the new girl, like on in sitcoms that are subpar. I always care about the secondary characters, not the main characters. So it's the idea that you try to make me care about this main character. Like their journey is the one you have to care about. And I'm like, what about all these other like ensemble people? Like, what are they doing? And who do they love? And yeah. what are their stories? So for me, though, that was nice to come back at this one because, like I was saying last week, I wasn't sure. I like I for I forgot a lot of the little details of it and the and the relationship between Leia and Han is really fun to like watch mm. again and and be like oh they're really cute and how crappy the millennium falcon is <laughs> that is a, like i get like the other you just i forget how terrible how terrible it is like it really yeah. is they always talk about it being a hunk of junk but it always in my memory is the thing that saved them all the time and it really doesn't in this one it really fails them and i think that that's a mm. like you have to knock your heroes down to build them back up or whatever it is in the second act or whatever the 
newsroom quotas and that is really what the like this 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 movie is is the like they all go through hell and don't really come out of it at the end um which is as a as a viewer as like me knowing my things that i enjoy and the fluff that i enjoy it's not the thing that i'm necessarily that's why i didn't gravitate to it as a kid because i want the happy ending i want Mm. the other the other two have the happy ending but for the core of it and for the characters this one is quite standout and it's and actually something that's really interesting after watching solo the thing that's the most interesting about solo is knowing that the ship is actually the the droid or whatever and that's really cool because you get the millennium falcon is more of a character in this in yep. this one than in and any when of the 3PO other says I don't know where your ship learned to speak but yeah. it has the most peculiar dialect yeah yeah, yeah like it's just a cute and, cause, and now we know yeah. that that's L3 so yeah. he plugs in and it's that that's it's the that, voice yeah. that he hears yeah. right that's yeah. the that's the droid that's brain the that he's computer. talking to yeah. yeah yeah so I just thought that that was cool knowing that back history of the Millennium yeah. Falcon I think and I you had said something about the idea of watching Solo going into this and the Lando and the Han story mm-hmm. They have things between Solo and this, yeah? Or is this, this is it? This is At it? the end of Solo, when Han shows up and wins the Falcon back from Lando, oh. that's the last time right? Okay. that he saw him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I haven't watched Solo. It's on yeah, and that's what, when, when Han's like, Lando, interesting, and then they go there and then Chewie's like, Chewie says something and then Han goes, that was a long time ago. I'm sure he's forgotten about that. Right. And it's like that they're talking about solo. That's what they're talking about. Right. Is like, well, like you, you, you destroyed his ship. I don't think he's, I still don't think he's forgiven you for that. And then Han's like, that was a long time ago. Relax. And then what's the, what's the first thing that Lando says basically is like, what did you do to my ship? And then they have the conversation. You lost her to me fair and square. Yeah. And it's like that's the the whole thing of like, and I, I think like the thing with Lando in in Solo at the end is that they've got him dead to rights. They've caught him cheating. Han's right, got yeah. the evidence of it. And beyond that, Chewbacca could just rip his arms off, <laughs> and Lando knows that, right? So yeah. like there, it's kind of you know like like we're taking the Falcon now because yeah. you cheated. Yeah. Um, but the other part of that. That, that Han neglects to tell in that story is that he bluffed the stakes in that first when when he technically lost to Lando, yeah. even though Lando cheated. He said that he had a VCX, which he didn't have any ship. The VCX 100 is the ship that they fly in the uh, Star Wars Rebels, by the way, mm. for for anybody who cares to know that mm. piece of information, which is like it's interesting because there's like an ongoing rivalry now since the introduction of the Ghost, which is the VCX 100 in Star Wars Rebels, um, and there's a there's an episode of Forces of Destiny that takes place just after Return of the Jedi, where we get some information that Harrison Dula, who flies the Ghost, um, and Han have kind of an ongoing rivalry of like which <laughs> ship is no, the better nice, ship. Nice. And uh, and so for Lando to be like, v- and Han to say VCX in order to pique Lando's interest. And then Lando being like, ooh, a VCX, like that's a, ooh, that's a nice ship. Um, it's like that is, this is why I say Solo, all of the Star Wars geeks, like the hardcore Star Wars geeks were like, Solo, Alden Ehrenreich isn't my Han Solo. Get out of here. What a terrible movie. Piece of junk. Uh, 
they missed the point. The movie was specifically made for them. Yeah. Right, like yeah. specifically. It yeah. references Masters of the Terrace Kazi, which is one of the most obscure Star Wars references you mm-hmm. could possibly have. It's a video game on the PlayStation <laughs> 1. Like a, a terrible video game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I it, it 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 I find it just staggering how many people didn't go see that movie that were hardcore Star Wars fans in the community and the the conversation around that yeah. when that movie was a love letter from John yeah. and Lawrence Kasdan to the fans, specifically yeah. from John Kasdan. Yeah. Um, it's like fun. It's fun. I really like it. It's yeah. I haven't I think I only saw it the once. I want to reset. Like it is a thing, but like we're going through all of yeah. these and I'm like I want to do I want to do Rogue and uh Rogue One and, and Solo at some point during. This yeah. is so fun. It's such an awesome exercise that I would say I highly recommend anyone. Like I would never have done this, gone through and yeah. like with reverence, rewatched everything and not just sit and binge it, but like actively choose to put three hours of my time away or two hours or whatever every week to watch a star wars movie and i'm i only watched the one i only watched revenge of the sith with with a friend otherwise i've been watching them like while i'm doing something or like sitting there and just like watching them myself um and it's just like it's been like really nice to just go back and totally revisit something that i loved and yoda is so great and it's just nice to it's just like nice to see these characters that i like I'm farther away from and, and yeah, come back to I, it, I think with so many of these characters and it's kind of what you're saying about the Falcon. Um, after a certain amount of time, we start to idealize things and we start mm-hmm. to turn them into our memory of yeah, them yeah, and not the reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think Yoda is one of those characters because there's so many versions of him. now yeah. that to go back and watch empire post last Jedi and post Clone Wars, and to really, really look at the character of Yoda as he was originally introduced, um, and and the original performance by Frank Oz, uh, and and really see like who was that character? Because I think a lot of the association with Yoda now is two things: it's the prequels because he has so much screen time in them. And it's lunchboxes, etc. Yeah, like that's what it is. People see the face and they because like, Yoda so is easy to. So there, there are a handful of characters: Darth Vader, Chewbacca, C three PO, R two D two, Yoda, stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. They're easy to reproduce because they're they're cartoons, right? Yeah, like they yeah, yeah. they have bold lines and shapes. They were created. Mm-hmm. They're not made like yeah. a person's face. Mm-hmm. Han Solo. Just a guy with brown hair. Yeah. Luke Skywalker is just a guy with blonde hair. Princess Leia has the buns. It's a little bit easier. Yeah. But Still breaking like down their features, they're actually fairly generic people. <laughs> and oh, it's yeah. hard to merchandise mm-hmm. those. Yeah, it's yeah. like the other characters are so much more iconic. And Yoda is one of those that is so iconic. Uh, yeah. And I mean, like you watch a Harry Potter movie and I, <laughs> a, a, a goblin comes up and you're like, oh, they're just pink Yodas with right. pointy yeah, noses, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. anytime now we see a diminutive character with big ears in a movie, it's Yoda. It's the first thing that people think of is Yoda. It's If you've never even seen Star Wars, you know who Yoda is, yeah. right? But the character of Yoda in The Empire Strikes Back is one of the greatest contributions to cinema that, that George Lucas gave because that character is so complex he's so rich 
and it's a freaking Muppet. Yeah, and the acting for, like, that was the thing, too, with rewatching it, is those moments of him, like, when, when he goes, when you go, when Luke goes into the cave, there are some, there are, like, two long, like, shots of Yoda acting, like, and you feel the emotion of and his puppet. And he doesn't do a like, lot. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not, yeah. there are some animatronics, the eyes can open, they can yeah. close, they, the brow can yeah. furrow, the ears can move up and down, but it's very limited, and, and the lips don't move at all. Yeah, he doesn't have lip sync, like, he, just he's opening. a puppet, he just opens. But it's Frank Oz, yeah. who is also responsible for Miss Piggy, yeah. for... Puppet master, he's a puppet master. He's, like, I mean, like, Frank Oz, it, it, along yeah. with Jim Henson, are the, the geniuses, the un- yeah. Incomparable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, like the 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 skill that the two of them had in creating and crafting these characters that become so iconic that become um, real, mm-hmm. like like full stop, real. Yoda is a real character yeah. to the point that the puppet versions, specifically the Empire and Return of the Jedi puppets, are more real than the high fidelity CG versions from the prequels because the act there's something different in that tangibility of the acting yeah. and like the intentionality in the because moment. when you can do when you can do so much with an like a motion or a character yeah. or an eyebrow or whatever in CG space you get a little yeah. bit like you lose some of that nuance in terms of like a like a, a performer like it's frank it's a performer as opposed to performance by committee which you know, I work in 3D animation. Yeah. That's you know, a million it's, people get to comment on what it looks like. I, it's it's both at the same time that it's incredible. It's also it is what it is. It's, it's a performance so by yeah. committee. So yeah. sometimes you get Thanos and sometimes you get Jar Jar Binks, right? Yeah. Like it's it, 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 yeah. both sides of that. But yeah, yeah but like you, yeah, like you say, when it comes to Yoda, it's like yeah, you've got your. You've, it is there is still a committee there because yeah. you've got Frank Oz driving the performance for sure, but you do have the animatronic operators yeah. sitting off by the side, adding layers onto what he's doing. You do have Stuart Freeborn who sculpted Yoda and created the look of Yoda. That, that I guess I will say the tangibility. Of, like when I think about performance, the idea of like being in a moment and there's just yeah, something it's, it's slightly the, different the moment about part. animators acting and, and like actors acting. Like yeah. it's slightly different. Like they're the same. Animators are the actors of the animation world. Like when you go into it, like that's really the people yeah. that are giving you the performance are the animators. But there's something different in the tangibility of performance. And so it's why mocap is so different from and why it becomes more complex when you have mocap animation and you have like animation that's completely CG. It's just an interesting Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, Yoda is just one of those characters that I think that people take for granted. And if you don't go back and watch Empire Strikes Back and really sort of listen uh, and pay attention. Uh, uh, and Lawrence Kasdan's words uh, coming out of that character are, are a big part of it as well. The George Lucas created the character, but there's so many other people that contribute to it that get it oh, to yeah. where it is. But he is so... It's just so rich. He's so... So textured yeah. in the performance from the the silly stuff to the serious stuff to the sort of more more uh, uh like the quieter moments like you said the shots where it's like there's nobody else on screen yeah. it's a puppet and maybe r2 is off to the side as well giving mm-hmm. again <laughs> a tin can giving a performance as well yeah. i mean like it 
this is the amazing thing about film and it's the most amazing thing about star wars is that like people love yoda they love r2d2 r2d2 is a trash can with blinking lights that beeps and whistles and yet we believe him as a as a character yeah the 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 weird thing about watching this this time is like and or um and or um uh, Dagobah. Dagobah is that the things that probably took the most out of that because it's like a soundstage, right? Like yep. you can sort of see it is that they have the iguana and the snake. Yeah. And the like scenes where they put with intentionality this iguana moving through the scenes, like that would have taken up, that's more of it. It's like the performance is like there were snakes things. everywhere. So yeah. Mark Hamill talks yeah. about it a lot. Uh, and it was like in order to create that swamp, like it reeked, it was the exactly worst. He was always wet, like damp and just <laughs> gross. Um, and there were animals all over that thing. Um, and there, it was just covered in snakes. And there's the great moment when he's in Yoda's hut and the snake is crawling across the thing and he just picks it up and moves it away. And it's like, I'm sure that that came, that casualness of that moment came with being in that environment for an extended yeah. period of time. But yeah, it, it, there are a lot of elements there that that um, I think are lost in in the newer. It's just cool, like movies. you have like a tangibility to interact yeah. with, and there's a certain like it it it's the beautiful like when he jumps down into the into the water into the into the what into the what do you into the water. No, no, no. When he jumps into the cave, oh, yeah, he comes yeah. down into it. They waited until that iguana crawled up a certain amount. Like the framing yeah. of it is like really like there's something tangible about that. That if you just put if you just have a camera facing a hole and you're like, we'll CGI in the thing later. Like it's just not quite the same in terms of like how it yeah. plays out. So I just there's it's really cool to go back and watch these. And it makes me it makes me like I don't want them to redo them. That's the biggest thing that keeps like freaking me out. Redo about Star all Wars? Yeah. No, they'll never do it. I don't know, man. They they will never do it in live action. I guarantee you. I hope um, so. I think I th- I think it's I think it's Titmouse Animation, which is local. It's Vancouver mm-hmm. that's doing and LA. The oh, is there an LA one as well? Yes, because they're unionized in LA oh, okay. and it's a thing. Um, they're doing uh the Star Wars Galaxy of Adventures animated shorts, mm-hmm. and they're going through and they're picking key moments in Star Wars to mm-hmm. kind of recreate in this great like sort of anime inspired uh, style and uh, it's phenomenal. I love it. I, lo- I love what they're doing and I would love it if they went and they redid all three original trilogy movies. But I feel like you were talking about this before too. Um, they're fantastic. They're so good. But uh, I, I think that's the closest we'll get to a remake. I don't think that they'll ever remake Star Wars. Right. We might I get, hope, I mean, we might get those stories again in other mediums. Like I've got the the manga up on the shelf, right? Which oh, is like yeah. they're exactly the stories, but they're manga, um, and we'll get them in comic book form and 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 possibly in animated form in the future. But I don't think that they would ever. Mm-hmm. I don't think they would ever redo those those movies. I have to now Google everything that I'm saying on the podcast because I always do that. I don't You're know if Tip, I don't it. know if Titmos is unionized in the states. I just know that it's starting a whole conversation up here because the studios are linked. In the union. It's, it's well, they're doing awesome concert. animation. That's all I know. Yeah. Um, Everybody likes working there here. Then. Yeah. I. Yeah. What else about Empire? I mean, obviously the what dual. Can you say about perfection? The duel between Vader and Luke. I listened for the lack of music. 
because yeah. you'd put that seed in my in my head. So that was an interesting way to also look at it. Like it's very it cuts like out it, it, and it doesn't it come back it, in until no. the moment when when they're on the yeah. the weather vane. Yeah, but it totally makes it like a lot of it. It works really well in terms of like yeah yeah. You like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Empire Strikes Back. It's one of the greatest films of all time. Yeah, I um, I will say, I just for like the sake of being controversial, like I, it's not a shoe in for me over A New Hope, man. Really? Over yeah. A New Hope, even? Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, let's let's get into that. I, it's, Empire is so hard to discuss because what hasn't been said, like it's like you just, and I mean, it's we've we've. I mean, you. It's iconic. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, whew, this is tough. This one is tough between Empire and A New Hope. I, Return of the Jedi is easier for me because I do think that I put it above. Um, but Empire, my thing with Empire, and the only reason that I'm willing to put A New Hope above it is that Empire does not stand alone. Yeah, and that's something it's, that yeah. it's controversial to say. And I think mm-hmm. I, I, I've gotten a lot of flack in the past for, mm-hmm. for making that argument because people go, oh, no, it is a great, and it doesn't have a beginning, middle, and end. No, no. It starts, starts in the middle. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. That's, and then that's, I think the thing for me is that it feels incomplete. Whereas the other two feel like yeah. either, either the beginning, beginning and the end. Because A New Hope was a movie in itself, right? I mean, it always was meant to be. It was filmed that That's what it is. And for me, Jedi is like this closure film, and you, you get there, and it's like coming into this thing where you really do have all these characters that you know, but you sort of can, like. And I think that's where The Last Jedi in time is going to find its audience is once we have rise of skywalker it's gonna bookend that and then all of a sudden last jedi is gonna make sense and there's gonna be all this work that we can do as fans to reconcile things between those three movies once we have the whole picture but we don't have the whole picture right now with empire we have the whole picture and it's difficult to put your mind it's there's mental gymnastics that have to be done in order to put your mind in the frame to understand there was a point in time where this was one of two star wars movies right yeah and the only other star wars content at the time was a couple of novels (laughs) and uh novels han solo novels that were very similar to solo Mm -hmm. um and uh, and some comic books that were wildly different from anything else Star Wars mm-hmm. does. Yeah. Uh, the Marvel comics are so different. Um, they're awesome in their own right, but they are not true Star Wars. Um, because true Star Wars didn't have a definition yet. It didn't yeah, have a definition was, until after yeah. yeah, until after Return of the Jedi. Because I think uh, it's c- kind of similar to Indiana Jones. It's like you, you put out Raiders of the Lost Ark and you go, okay, that's an Indiana Jones movie. And then Temple of Doom comes out and you go, oh, that uh, is that that doesn't seem is that an Indiana Jones movie, too? Right. Because it's so different. And then you put out The Last Crusade and it's like, OK, that's a lot more like the first one that now now Star Wars, now Indiana Jones is more defined. Return right. of the Jedi kind of caps it and goes like, yeah, this is what Star Wars is. And then obviously the prequels come along and completely ignore all of that and do their own thing. But um, that's where I find that The Force Awakens is such a perfect Star Wars movie because The Force Awakens takes all three of the original trilogy films, distills them, and pulls out the elements that 
that create a Star yeah. Wars movie. Um, and, like, and that's the formula. Yeah, like J.J. Yeah. Abrams is really good at that. Yeah, it's like a it's like a cook or a baker that's able to take a bite of something and deconstruct, and deconstruct the dish it and, like, and go it, yeah. like, oh, you use tarragon instead of something else. I don't yeah, know, yeah, yeah. right? But like that, they're, they're able to tell that just with a taste. J.J. Mm-hmm. Abrams can do that, and he did that for the force awakens mm-hmm. um but yeah empire yeah. Uh, i don't know man i put it above a new hope i have to just because the fidelity of it is so much higher irvin kirshner is a much better director well, yeah. we get better performances yeah. out of all of the actors yeah yeah um but with the caveat that empire does not exist without standing on the shoulders of a new hope Mm-hmm. So A New Hope is a very, very important movie. The Empire Strikes Back may be one of the greatest films ever made. And like I'll stand by that. But Star Wars, later renamed as Episode 4 A New Hope, is the most important film of the modern oh. era. But also the thing that people is that it's such a perfect hero's journey. And there's very few film like well no there's lots because it's a you know it's a trope for a reason, but it can be yeah. so perfectly distilled down into like the core beats of yeah. like perfect storytelling that I just think there's something to that. Yeah. And again, it's my childhood speaking. I never sat down and was like, yep, this time I'm very excited to watch The Empire Strikes Back. I just, I would watch it because I was watching all three of them together and I wanted to get to Jedi again. Like, that's how it, in, it mm-hmm. informed my childhood. It was always a, like a sequel. And, and it bothers me just on principle that when people say that sequels usually suck, people are like, but, but The Empire Strikes Back yeah. is a great sequel. And then you're like, no, it's the middle film of a trilogy, which is different, first of all. And it's like not, it's like, it's, it's just such an, it's such an odd film. Like it's, it, it doesn't quite fit the sequel thing, yeah. but it also shouldn't be used as like, cause it is well, kind it, of still it, a sequel. It, like it's it still... redefined what sequel yeah. could mean. Right. Because yeah. a lot of the time seek before that sequel was let's do the movie again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and also before that, not a lot of movies had sequels. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it sequels were, were a weird thing back then. Um, now sequels are a given. Like you make the first movie in order to make the sequels. Uh, franchises are what everybody's after. Very few movies are made with the intent of just making that movie. So I really like the movie Oblivion, the Tom Cruise movie, mm-hmm. because Oblivion is, I mean, like could very easily be turned into a franchise with a couple of tweaks to that story. But instead it is totally encapsulated it is totally self-sufficient, beginning, middle, and end. Nice. The end is another beginning to another story, but a story that doesn't need to be told, a story that's implied by the ending, right? And that movie, it just it just exists. just all by itself. I haven't seen it. And that's all it needs to be. It's nice. it's a fantastic movie. Nice. Um, but yeah, it, uh, everybody wants it to be a franchise now, and that is... The Star Wars effect. Yeah, that's it's Star it's Wars and Jaws yeah. came out kind of back to back and changed. Yeah, Superman's in there as well. That's because that's in the, in the same yeah. era. But I I just googled it because I didn't know seventy seven eighty eighty three. Yeah. So there was three years between each. There's of them. three years between each movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Well, okay. So we have a split decision. So what is that? What, what do we do in this instance? I mean, I can defer to pop culture, and I can say that we can do the Empire Strikes Back as the by a hair. Kind by of. A, but like I, because I I I believe that films are only as good as the audiences that they attract and the mm-hmm. type of conversation that they elicit in the in the general public, and because the Empire Strikes Back has such a like a cultural cachet as a. I don't know. I always defer to the idea of like objectively good versus subjectively good. And in this case, I will say that as a, as much as it can be, Empire is probably objectively better than yeah. A New Hope. And so I'll concede my childhood. Okay. <laughs> so I mean, our ranking continues to just be the yeah the, the order the reverse order, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, Phantom Menace. Attack Are we gonna go clones. down next? Are we gonna go down next week? because i'm gonna fight for jedi uh no i don't think so because i mean like uh spoiler alert my ranking goes in reverse order until you get to to it's gonna be really interesting to watch the last jedi again and when we get to when we get to the to the sequels i will actually i i i didn't watch a new hope i didn't watch empire strikes back because i've watched them recently so i didn't watch them again these last couple weeks Mm -hmm. but and i won't watch return of the jedi either because i just watched it but I, but when we get to the sequels, because I haven't seen them as much, like this is the thing. I'm the opposite. I've just seen them both multiple times because I I watch them on my own. I sit there and I'm like, oh my God, I really want to watch this. Yeah. Well, I just, I was working in here on Saturday night and I put The Last Jedi on and I watched it. So, um, yeah, but I'm not nearly as familiar with them as I am. That's fair. Yeah. Because I used to spend. Yes. Yeah. Not hours days yeah. alone yeah. watching That's those movies yeah. um if you want to be a star wars expert it's just like it's like i've been saying about about whatever for the longest time people would ask the question that when they see me draw something they'd be like how do you do that and i'll be like it's practice yeah. and now i'm so sick of saying that because people just be like oh i wish i could do that and it's like well you could yeah you just have to practice you just have to be intentional about it anybody can draw if you can hold a pencil you can draw but uh and hold a pencil it doesn't even need to be with your hand there are many people in history who have proven that and not even just people elephants and Mm -hmm. all sorts of animals Mm -hmm. um but now what i what i like to say because i hate that question that sort of line of questioning of like oh how do you do that i wish i could do that it's like, you wish you could do this. You wish because this is the result of a decade of loneliness and <laughs> sitting in my room by myself watching Star Wars movies and drawing because I didn't have anybody to hang out with. So, yeah, you wish you could draw this well. It comes with a price, but that's all right. Uh, you wish you were as big of a like Star Wars expert as me. No, you don't. <laughs> go out spend time with human beings be a real person don't have all of the problems that i have Aww. associating with human beings because i'd rather sit alone in the dark and watch star wars right it's uh yeah this is this thing i i really struggled with that this weekend where yeah. i just made the decision halfway through saturday alone. to just be alone and it makes me feel so guilty all the time but also, I can make that choice. If it adult. if it helps, I'm very jealous because mm-hmm. I wanted nothing more than some alone time this weekend. And, and granted, I did get some alone time on Saturday. Crystal and Cara went out, but um, 
in that alone time, I did not get to do what I wanted to do. I'm prepping the house for the new baby. So I I have many, many Tim the Toolman Taylor tasks to tackle. I should come in. There were a lot of T's in that sentence. Did you notice? I did. It was very alliterative. Um, I got a tool belt for Father's Day and (laughs) put it to good use on Sunday. Right on. But that's the that's the price. That's the price of also having, being exhausted having, from running around after a toddler. Having I don't, a loving family. It's, and, it's so difficult yeah. to quantify where the good part is. But, <laughs> but every once in a while when I'm on the floor and she's rolling around on top of me and giggling, it's like, okay, fine. She is super cute. She's the best. She's really great. She's the best. And we're going to multiply that by two. Yeah. And it's going to be double the obnoxious and double the work and double the tired and double the everything but it's double the everything so but i just get to come and hang out with them and then love them and then leave (laughs) it's great yeah it's a good but you're gonna take her i will i'm excited for a sleepover sleepover. i'm excited for her to get to do that because one of my favorite things as a kid was when i would get to go spend the weekend with my parents friend and like stay over at their place or whatever and like and just one-on-one with an adult that's not one of my parents cool because when you get that you get the you get a taste of an adult relationship right like an adult friendship and as a precocious weird uh intro extrovert i don't fit into that because it's mm. like i'm an extrovert i love an attention extrovert, introvert or whatever yeah, yeah but i also i love attention but i really want it to be a one-way street <laughs> right. like i really want to stand up on a stage and <laughs> yeah that's what this is dummy uh and talk without the feedback of like i no, it's not your turn to speak it's my turn to speak um and that's like that is where our relationship is as friends is so weird because i enjoy this too but um yeah i mostly just want the audience to just be there with me to enjoy what i have to say i don't really care what they have to say um I mean, I love when you guys write into us and but no, no, it's not a backpedal. It's just like, but it, but the Clear truth of it is yeah. podcasting is the medium for me yeah. because it's so such low overhead, such high reward for exactly what I want. <laughs> but then I also like when I'm done, I just want to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Like I just want to, I just want to go back to my hovel and, and uh, just worry about Darth Vader, right? <laughs> I that's my Obi Wan Kenobi metaphor for the episode. Um, but yeah, I, it, like it's it's so it's so weird. Yeah. But I loved that dynamic as a kid to spend that time with an adult one on one because you just didn't get that very often, yeah. right? So I'm excited for her to get to experience that with you. Yeah. Uh, It'll be so, good. That's I'm a excited. big responsibility. I hope you understand that. I, I'm very excited to have a, a girls' night. I think it'll be really great. Yeah. I have to finish filming my. I'm, I've got the filming dates for my short, so now I can actually. When Quite is your baby it. due? Uh, August 11th. Okay. Because yeah. I'll let you guys settle into stuff. It'll be it'll be like mid September, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. like mid September, early October, something yeah. like that. But it'll be. Oh, before Halloween. If it can, yeah, I mean that's even better because that's the point in time when everybody else stops caring right, yeah, and yeah, yeah, starts fair. disappearing. Yeah. 
Because there's a period there, like the two or three weeks after the baby is born, where people bring you food and they come over and they do dishes and you get that help while you're totally exhausted. And then everybody goes back to their regular life and disappears and you're still exhausted and there's still so much work to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah. But not you because you're stuck coming here to record podcasts. Yeah. So. It'll be good though. Ha ha. Cool. Uh, Speaking of. Speaking of, we're recording a podcast? We have another podcast coming up. We're doing the live stream. Oh, yeah. We're doing the live stream on Saturday. Yeah. Um, The DCTV podcast fundraiser. Go to dctvpodcast.com and you can find all the details there. Um, Yeah. But it'll be, we'll be on from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific time. uh, Mixler.com slash podcast uh and uh yeah donate it's the um magic wheelchair yeah yeah magic Mm -hmm. wheelchair which is really cool it's like a unique it's like a different kind of a a charity that we're doing this time which is kind of cool so yeah um yeah really exciting uh it's always a good time uh there are so many shows on the dc tv podcast network too many it's a good thing that we're done (laughs) i yeah we'll give that time we'll concede that time to somebody else um they need it yeah in the future but uh tune in Kara will be on the podcast i'm excited for because this. i made yeah. a deal with her tonight that if she went to bed quietly <laughs> for this podcast she could ruin that one yeah um so yeah i mean like i am we're gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna yeah i think you're gonna i'm gonna set her up in here the, she's gonna yeah. sit on the couch there and i'm gonna sit here yeah. and i'm gonna give her that microphone and yeah. she can talk into that mic she'll have headphones do you want to gchat me so that i can be on that screen can you uh, Google Hangouts on that? Yeah, we could. Because if you Google Hangouts so that I'm podcasting with her so she can see me. I guess so. She wants me to podcast and I don't want to get my butt here at 10 a.m. All right. If you want to disappoint a two, three-year-old. Do you want me to come? I can come here. No, it's up to you. I it's think 10 a.m. I think it'll be like harder to get her to podcast with me here. Yes. It's going to be hard so, no matter what. Yeah. But at least if I'm at home, me and Andy can vamp while you have to deal with a toddler. Well, you wouldn't vamp. You'd, you'd just be continuing I'm, I'm to podcast. continuing to podcast. Yeah. Uh, yeah, if I am on the podcast, it will be sparingly and it'll be a lot of, I got to go. Eh. Yeah. So get yeah. used to Get that idea in your head if you're going to listen along. But okay. uh, yeah, check that out on Saturday, uh, Saturday, June 29th. Uh, 29th. I think it's the last, yeah, the last Saturday in June. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Spider-Man's coming up, uh, which is exciting. So uh, I actually know the next episode will be the night before Spider-Man. Uh, oh, it's Canada Day long weekend. Are we podcasting on Canada Day long weekend? Ooh. Yeah. yeah. We have to decide. We have to decide. It's a holiday for us. Because then the Tuesday is Spider-Man, the t- and the so Tuesday I'm is Spider-Man. Spider-Man. But the thing is, it's also, it's like the 4th of July. How much are people really going to be podcasting, listening? They're going to be vacationing. Yeah. I don't know. We might next week might be funky. We'll have to we'll figure f- out. We'll have how to we're figure that out. It, we'll either record. I think we would either record on the Sunday night. I mean, I could, there's nothing advance. to say that I like, I'm, I'm, I've got the Monday off, but I just like, yeah, so do I, but, but a, I'm going to be out weird. in Richmond during the day. Oh, yeah. Probably be home at night, yeah. but anyways, in the evening, we'll figure, we'll figure that, out. that out one way or the other. You guys will get your episode, but, um, it might be a day late cause maybe we'll record on the Wednesday. Oh yeah. F- day late for the, for the Patreon supporters. Yeah. But, um, but if it is on the Wednesday, the caveat there is that all have seen Spider-Man. Uh-huh. So, know, have, yeah. will you have seen Spider-Man? No. No. I didn't know it was coming out. You're a disappointment. I know. Why is it coming out on a Tuesday? Oh, I, 
I don't know. Because of the oh, because it's the because it's the Fourth of July. Because the Fourth of July is the Thursday, so that's probably. That seems weird, though. Don't you just want it to come out on the Fourth of July? No, anyways, whatever. It's fine. Uh, I guess not because people go to functions on the Fourth of July. You're probably right. That's probably why they moved it to the Tuesday. Just Uh, odd. Cool. Well, that's it for this episode. Uh, Thank you for listening along. Uh, Of course, you can head to thunderquack.com to check out all the other great podcasts in the Thunderquack Podcast Network. And uh, if you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to... No, wait. I skipped over the whole thing. thing. Uh, You can follow us on Facebook at (laughs) facebook.com slash thunderquack, uh, on Twitter at thunderquacknet, and on uh, Instagram at thunderquackpodcast. You can also email us, thunderquacknetwork at gmail.com. Cool. You can also follow us individually on Twitter. I'm at Aconkin, A-K-O-N-K-I-N. You can add an 86 to that for Instagram. I apologize for the sound that my chair makes when I do that, when I readjust. But uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ArkWolf, A-R-K-W-U-L-F. I will say this setup was much better than last time where we were, you were like painfully uncomfortable yeah. last time. So the chair, This chair's chair not noises. that much better. It's better on my back, but not on other parts the of my body. Cool. Yeah. Uh, if you like what you hear, how could you not? Uh, you can support us in two ways. First, by going to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merchandise. Uh, man, we should put space balls in the ranking as well. Um, you know what we should do? We should, we'll do this. We'll do Star Wars, the Skywalker saga, right? Which will conclude in December. But then after that, we should do Star Wars. We should rank the Star Wars spinoffs. And what we should do. So bear with me here. Rogue One, obviously. Solo, obviously. Now we're adding in Spaceballs. But also, the two Ewok movies. Which everybody forgets. As well as, we'll do the Clone Wars movie. Clone Wars movie at the bottom. Why would we do that when there are so many other things that we could rank? Let's rank know, other it'd things. Because it would be fun. Right. Uh, I despise Spaceballs. It's my least It's my least favorite oh kind of humor. Oh my god. But here's oh the thing too. God. Also, when I watched Friendship it, over. I think when I watched it, I didn't. Uh, I didn't watch Star Wars first, so that's because it was so. Yeah, I think then I watched Star watch Wars Space after. Balls again. So I will say I probably would have a really, okay. really different appreciation for it. But also, John Candy, I, I, I have a lot of respect for him. He's not my jam, like, like that kind of humor. Like I just, I have it grates on me. Like I, I get that he has a very specific. He's a master of his craft. Yeah. But that is not a craft that is meant for me. Parody is my least favorite of all of the genres, including rap music. <laughs> like I don't know. Heavy hits to parody and rap music. I no, that was a compliment to rap music. I'd rather listen to rap music. Than yeah, watch. but you're denigrating rap music by saying it in that way. Oh. I would rather listen to rap music okay, than like, watch Spaceballs. Fine, heavy metal. I feel better okay. uh, denigrating. But I wouldn't yeah. rather watch Spaceballs than listen to heavy metal. I would rather watch Spaceballs than listen to heavy metal music. So there's a range. I like of- the way that you say rather. It's rather and you say rather. You have a British accent oh, on that okay. one word. I don't understand why. Okay. I. Uh, Sorry. The other way to support us. <laughs> Is by heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack and pitching in your monthly support and getting cool rewards like early access to this very podcast or uh, the uh, the uncut version at the $5 level. Which we talk for out. so long because yeah. of that. These podcasts are so long. Yeah, we're actually coming in on two hours. I got to wrap it up. 
Thank you. Uh, it, there's a there's a Cut limit off. on yeah. Patreon, and we uh-huh. that's why the last episode was so hard to get out because uh-huh. we exceeded Passive. that limit. Uh-huh. So cool. Thanks for listening. We'll see you Bye. next week. Return of the Jedi ranked. Do or do not. There is no try.